it had to be seamless. Nobody had, could know that there was any difference in the application. Yeah, which I'll, is it was beautiful how we. I I think it's beautiful how we did this, and I I I think we could teach a whole course on how to like upgrade a legacy system, but make your users unaware of it. This is like one of those weird practical examples that like there's a way to do it. But to find any research or anything to help you, you can't. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Good luck like, Googling you, you, that. So one of the things is we're using IAS Express to launch the application because it's only one project. Pretty easy. Well, now what we have is we have two systems and they need to share the single, the same, uh, authentication system same database same, same database same yeah. ton of stuff well the database we could probably mitigate that that didn't necessitate for the database yeah um but the the seamless integration that's what necessitated it and so we built a little bit prior to this well actually no with this it was it was a part of this project was the single sign-on yeah so we we went from a very rudimentary i'm gonna call it rudimentary. it was, ter it was terrible yeah. it was plain text passwords in a database it was awful yeah and for anybody listening to this if you're like oh plain text passwords not that bad oh. if you ever ever do a forgot my password and they give it to you that means that your password is stored as plain text yeah so that is a, a change it scramble it abandon ship don't find use, something else don't use that app For, yeah you should never be able to recover your password that's like a unknown password should always be one-way encrypted with assault and nobody except you and your brain should know it but yeah anyway tangent yeah so we 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 abandon the the in, the embedded authentication system that came with .NET. i can't believe microsoft allowed us to store plain text passwords yeah. maybe they just assumed you were gonna to well I, I, honestly though i think we wrote our own custom no nope. nope we used this the out of the box microsoft identity weird yeah single sign-on we've got this we've got it integrated with the old application um cool now we need that same login to work with the new system and because it's angular and the old system was using uh cookie-based authentication and the new system, well, you don't really have the same server credentials to check and things like that. So what I ended up doing is because it's using the same, um, so sorry, we moved from uh, the typical .NET platform, we moved to Identity Server 4. Which so. uses a OAuth 2, the OpenID Connect protocol built on top of OAuth 2, because OAuth 2 is just meant to authenticate a, a and B open right. ID connect adds like a, a, a user, a standardization to it, like, like your identity and things yeah, like that. It adds like a user to like the authentication system. So we find this free open source single sign on. Yeah. And not, like, not, not free or open source anymore. But yeah. Which we now have to deal with. It's not supported and we got to move to something that actually costs money, but that's another problem for another day. But we find this free open source system at the time we build it. And the the single sign-on actually solved a very difficult problem, and that is how do we flow people between the the legacy and the new system without them realizing they're logging into two different systems? Well, the answer is you log in, you come in through the new door, you log in with the single sign-on, and you go through the old door, and it knows you're already logged in because they both share the same single sign-on and vice right. versa. Right. But there was some... 
issues with how to build that single sign-on between the, the two systems. Yeah, so we were using the so Open I, or uh, Identity Server for um, it was three at the time, I think, right? No, we, no, it was four. We, yes, oh, four, four yeah. straight away. Um, because I think three, four just came out. Yep. But yeah, and so it was like relatively like we went straight to four. Yeah. Um, Angular doesn't. Yeah, doesn't have cookie authentication. Um, so we ended up building. We used the uh, OIDC client that Identity Server for is uh, it Brock Allen? I think is the guy that yeah. built that one. Yeah, good old Brock. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I was, his name is all over that project, and that guy I don't know, but he seems like the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so anyway, so he has this uh, OIDC client that he had built to integrate with this um, ID, uh, Identity Server for, and we started doing. Um, implicit flow so that's a whole other thing to talk about it's like okay with ssl like you have your different flows you got your implicit you got your hybrid you got your client credentials password uh, your grant types sorry yeah yeah that's being that um so our one system is using hybrid because it's a we're considered a first party platform yeah for yeah first party platform so you can do hybrid or it's not frowned upon anyway and this other platform we're doing implicit flow um so we do that however the problem that we started hitting that was very apparent was when you switch from system one to go to system two, uh, it seems so slow. Yeah, it was like a 20 second like. Right, because I had to reinitiate the entire login process. Now, granted, nobody interacted with it. But it was because still 20 were, seconds. It was still 20 yeah. seconds. So what we ended up doing was we ended up generating uh, bearer tokens during the login process and caching that off and saying like, okay, you're still in the same session here between A and B, start using that, you know, and because we're still doing eight web API, so we're like, okay, let's still, we're still using this OAuth standard, but the front end is a little goofy to kind of make this flow correctly. Yeah, and we didn't we like, we tucked the bearer token in like a session cookie or something. Yeah. And because the, v, the, the old and the new app um, were on the same domain, we could share cookies between the two systems. Right, exactly, yeah. so. Yeah, brain thinking. Good so, times. so, so that because of that, that necessitated us to move away from IIS Express to IIS for local development. Because IIS Express, they gave you different ports. They're different domains. You can't share can't cookies. Can't share cookies. Wow, man. Okay, so, so the 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 sharing the cookie was the sole reason we moved to IIS. Yeah, it is. Jeez. A, this is why I keep on saying like we just got to get rid of that platform, man. So it was how to get that, how to get um. The things to share right and again moving to iis makes it dumb simple um because again now you can use cookies and both sides can access it because they are now the same domain and the way that we had to do that was we essentially created in uh, a virtual directory in the uh, root application so that they can do that communication the root being the legacy system the virtual directory being the new system so they're they're essentially two separate websites but to the end to the end user, it looks like it's just a directory. Right. In the, so you know, mywebsite.com took you to the old system. Mywebsite.com slash new took you to the new system. And jumping between the two was just a matter of sharing the same single sign-on, sharing the same cookies. No one's the wiser. You really can't tell if it's just a folder or an entirely separate application. Yeah. Well, okay, I'll say you could if. Sorry, sure. if, if you're savvy enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But but our our users didn't even notice they were moving to a separate um new, a new system. And there was a lot of really cool like UI witchcraft that our UI team did that they 
did a to, to make it look exactly the same. Like yeah. it is. Yeah, they did a really good job. Yeah, they did. 